Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. office it is sunday afternoon 2 p.m and can i tell you that i am filled up i am sold out for christ i'm excited let me tell you why i'm excited today at northeast baptist church we celebrated our men and women's day it's our an annual event that uh is our largest service of the year uh, and today our guest preacher was Joanna McClinton, the Speaker of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, first black female Speaker of the House, uh, the House of Representatives of Pennsylvania. But then we were also treated to a visit from a very special guest, the Democratic nominee for mayor of Philadelphia, Sherelle Parker. And she inspired and motivated us along with a powerful word coming from the Speaker of the House. Can I tell you something? I think this is the woman's year uh, because if everything goes right on November 7th, Sherelle Parker will become the first black female mayor of Philadelphia. And then, of course, we've got Joanna McClinton representing uh, and doing a wonderful job in Harrisburg. So I'm excited today. We've got uh, people still at the church uh, eating and fellowshipping, and we'll be going back into worship at 3.30 p.m. Uh, to elevate two deacons. I'm an old church guy. I, I, we used to, when I grew up, we stayed in church all day long. We got there at 9 o'clock for Sunday school, and we didn't leave until 9 o'clock when joy night was over. Uh, that was Sunday school, morning service, afternoon service, and then a nighttime service that started at 8 p.m. Yeah, I'm an old church boy, uh, so we're just happy. Uh, but I had to take a break. I had to come to Philly's Favorite Studios because I love being with you. I love talking about what's going on in Philadelphia. I love sharing with each and every one of you. So, hey, we got a great show for you today, uh, and we want to get right into our topic. August the 14th. August the 14th. In the Kensington section of Philadelphia, something happened that is far too common in our country. A young man by the name of Eddie Irizarry uh, was parked in his car. Two Philadelphia police officers pulled up on him, told him to show his hands. One officer, a gentleman by the name of Mark Dial, made the comment, and I'm not alleging, there's video footage, there's body cam footage, but Mark Dow basically said to 
Mr. Irizari, I will effing shoot you. And then he shot him, killed him, right as the young man was sitting in his car. Mark Dial was charged with murder, aggravated assault, and several other offenses by District Attorney Larry Krasner. Now, you ask me why I bring this up. Well, just a couple weeks ago, a Philadelphia judge dropped all of the charges against Mark Dial. Every charge. Now, we've seen this all across the country. We've seen it happen before. Police shoot an individual. And video evidence shows us that what happened should not have occurred. But yet, some way, somehow, lawyers, juries, allow these police officers to, in many respects, get away with murder. And when this happens, we should protest. When this happens, we should lift our voices. When this happens, we should show courage. When this happens, we ought to speak truth to power and let them know that this cannot be tolerated. But here's what should not happen. When we're out protesting, when we're out speaking this truth to power, when we're out standing up for the oppressed and the underserved, it should not become an opportunity for people to break into stores, to loot, and to take and steal things from small business owners. What is that? Why does this continue to happen? Why can the message not be delivered that this ignorance needs to stop? It's a bad look. It's a bad look for our community. It's a bad look for our city. But, 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 but what I really want to focus on this afternoon is the impact that this looting has on small businesses. I am a small business owner. I recognize how difficult it is to operate a small business. I recognize that every dollar that comes in in many respects is accounted for. For salaries, utilities, insurances. Just, we are not millionaires sitting on top of a mountain of money. Most small businesses operate on a shoestring budget. So when their stores are broken into under the guise of protest, when their merchandise is stolen, when their property is vandalized, what you're doing in many respects is putting a small business owner in a deeper hole than they were already in. Here's the other side of it. We're all protesting about a cop, a murder, a shooting. Most of the small business owners that are getting looted are, are minorities. So here's what I wanted to do. There was looting all over the city uh, on the nights of the 26th and the 27th of September after the judge dropped all charges against Mark Dow. 
but I wanted to bring in one of the business association leaders uh, from one of the areas in Philadelphia. So we, we're bringing in the president uh, of the North 22nd Street Business Corridor. Uh, his name is Ken Curry, a uh, small business owner himself. We'll let him tell you a little bit more about himself. But I really want to talk about the impact that this looting has on small businesses. Ken Curry, welcome into the pastor's office. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Reverend. Thanks for having me here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have you. Sorry to have you under these circumstances. Before we jump into uh, the issue that transpired and the looting that transpired in your business district, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your business? Well, I'm in the preschool child care business. And for 21 years, Precious Babies Learning Academy. We have six locations in the Philadelphia area. Uh, at the presently, serving over 500 children. And I'm also, as you said, the president of the uh, North 22nd Street Business Association. I've been doing that almost close to 10 years now. Been involved with it even longer than that. Uh, I'm also involved in a lot of community organizations throughout the city of Philadelphia. Uh, baseball organizations, Mallory Baseball, Mallory Football, Tiger Baseball. Uh, we get involved in a lot of uh, community activities in the areas uh, that we service. So uh, much involved in a lot of different things that work with children and their families and uh, wouldn't uh, give it up for anything in the world. So, so Ken, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, on your corridor, North 22nd Street, North Philadelphia, uh, you had two pharmacies that were looted. Uh, it looks like there was an H&R Block and a Lehigh Hair that was looted, a free smartphone store. Uh, a total of six businesses were looted uh, in your business district. Talk to talk to our listeners about the impact that this type of looting has on the small business owner. Well, um, as you mentioned, uh, Reverend, it, it can be it can be devastating to a small business. You know, they're, they're accounting for all the dollars, um, waiting for the holiday season to come to. Uh, you know, try to turn red numbers into black numbers, you know, negatives into positive. So uh, it's definitely an impact. Um, and some of these businesses are still recovering from previous looting. You know, we can go back to uh, the George Floyd situation in 2020. So um, just another blow. Um, one of the business owners say they don't know how long they can hold on if this type of thing keeps happening to them, you know. <clears throat> so it's very impactful, uh, not only just for the business owner, but uh, for services, you know, uh, you go to get your medication from a pharmacy that's been looted. Your medication's not there. Uh, that puts that person in bind, you know, trying to figure out, hey, how, where else can I go get it? And sometimes they're not as mobile as they would like to be because older citizens in our community who um, like the convenience of that particular pharmacy that was looted, and now that convenience is no longer there. They may be closed for a few days or even longer. So it's very impactful to our community. Now, your, now, now your business district, uh, there's about 110 businesses uh, in this five to six block corridor of North 22nd Street, uh, and and most of them are up and operating, uh, and 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 doing a good job for the community. You, you said a lot of them had not recovered from uh, the George Floyd lootings that took place in 2020. But here's another thing: a lot of our small businesses haven't recovered from the pandemic. So, so as the president of that corridor, I mean, talk to us about the health uh, of the businesses in the corridor that you represent. You know, there's some businesses that are, you know, doing fine. But again, just like a regular person working, some people work in the 
sort of speak paycheck to paycheck, you know. So every week is uh, important to do well, stay on top of things. Uh, I've conversed with uh, many of the business owners. Uh, we even have people that come in to help them with situations they may be uh, involved in as far as uh, needing assistance. So, for instance, those who were uh, looted this time, help them with uh, repairing their business fronts and things of that nature, you know, dealing with uh, the Commerce Department here in Philadelphia. Uh, so we try to help them, you know, as much as we can, let them know what services are available for this type of situation, um, to keep them stable and keep them moving, keep them going. Uh, but for the most part, um, you know, it's a, it's a healthy uh, community, healthy business district, a lot of new stores in the past two, three years. Some stores did close due to the looting and the pandemic in and of itself. Uh, but at the same time, uh, a lot of new uh, businesses have sprung up, so that, that's good. Um, so that does speak to the health of this business district. Right. Ken, where is the police presence when this looting is taking place? Uh, I guess depending on situationally, um, I know pretty much what I've seen on the news. The looters are pretty savvy. They, they know when there's a concentration of police. Like, for instance, in this particular recent time of September 26th, we know there were police, uh, I believe, on the 17800 block of Walnut Street, if I'm not mistaken, where there's some looting, and it was a heavy concentration going there. So people seem to take their looting endeavors to other locations where they know the police, where they don't feel the police will be there or be readily available. You know, So um, I'm not sure how the response is dealt with from the police department, but uh, you, only get, you, know, you can react to what you hear, especially with social media. You know, they can have people you know, just shoot somewhere and, be ready to go loot a certain area, you know, and the police have to try to somehow try to respond to that. Do you feel like you're getting the, the necessary support from the police department? Uh, yes, I do. I, I work hand-in-hand. Hand. I'm involved with the uh, 39th Police District in this uh, immediate area of North 22nd Street. Uh, I have to go to many of their meetings. Uh, yes, they're very much involved in that particular area for sure. And... Um, Again, uh, they are just like, uh, not to make any excuse for anyone, uh, I have staffing issues. We know that police are like a 1,000 or more officers short compared to many years ago um, that, that they're looking for. Um, so, yeah, everyone's doing the best they can do, but uh, they're definitely involved in working with the community, working with people such as myself, dealing with the business district. Um, yeah, so I, I, have, I say kudos to the program district. They, they definitely are involved in the community. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the pulse of some of your business owners. You, you did mention that one of the business owners said that they don't know how much longer they can hang on. You know, as you, you know, talk to the business owners in your district, do you feel like some of them are giving up? Do you feel like that there's another area where they might be able to be safer uh, and see their business operate more efficiently? Or do you see resilience uh, in these business owners? We're going to stay. We're going to do what we need to do and keep moving forward. Uh, most of them are resilient, you know, but I can understand uh, some of the conversations, you know, discouraging. Uh, no one wants to have to deal with this, but it does, there's no promise that nothing's going to be different in any other uh, area. Um, it's not just my particular area that was looted. There was other areas in the city. Um, even some areas you thought, hey, this probably would never happen. But yes, it did. Yes, it will. So, um, yeah, I understand there's a frustration in there. But, um, you know, people made a, a big investment here. They know there's a lot of opportunity here for them. And I really don't see them leaving. But, you know, again, trying to console them, trying to understand what they're going through. And, again, providing services or directing them to services that can help them do this, help them navigate um, and get to better times. 
What do you think, Ken, as a business owner in the city, you, you have six locations and you deal with our youth. Uh, and you, you said you're serving about 500 young people right now. What do you feel can be done to stop this looting in the city? And what do you feel could be done to make business owners, small business owners, feel more comfortable operating their businesses here in the city of Philadelphia? Well, people definitely like police presence, you know, and that's, uh, again, I know there are challenges for the, for the police department. Um, and I've talked to several, I've been, worked with several different captains at the uh, 39th district and talked with other captains of other districts. So there's some philosophical ideas of how they think they can handle this. Uh, some people like beat walkers, people walking the beat. Uh, just that presence and being around gives people, you know, comfortability that there's some protection around there. And from time to time on our business district that has been available and then sometimes it has not been available. So that, that definitely helps people, you know. Um, and, again, we're getting down to police shortages, so it's not always available for us, you know, whether they're on a bike, whether they're walking the beat or a car stationed in that immediate area. We've seen police car stations in immediate areas when there has been um, ongoing trouble, ongoing situations there. Um, I know it's hard to do that in all the business districts and all the troubled areas, you know, but those things are very encouraging to uh, business owners when they have that uh, presence. Uh, one of my areas, uh, uh, near Broaden area, I have a, a child care center in that area. You have the police that walks the beat constantly, comes in, signs a police log, very knowledgeable, very, you know, people know who he, he or she is, you know. And, again, that creates a lot of comfortability for uh, people in that area, not just businesses, but also people that live in those areas. There's a lot of things that need to be done for businesses in the city of Philadelphia, period. You know, I'm not sure if this is the most business-friendly town <laughs> that there is in, in the United States, but um, I, that may be for another conversation. But, um, you know, just knowing that someone's looking out for you, uh, police presence, um, opportunity for help from the Commerce Department. And we had a meeting just last week about with the Commerce Department for business owners on 22nd Street, and they talked about the uh, things that they can do to help these business owners. So, um, And those people felt comfortable that, hey, we are involved. We are all talking about doing things for this business district and helping them out. And a lot of people left with some positive attitudes with that meeting last week. Well, I hear some of those 500 children in the background. It sounds like you're at one of oh, your locations yeah. right now. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's what it's all about. I'm here for them. So, yes, sir. Yeah. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. Uh, as I always say, uh, we've got to help our young people uh, get a seat at the table of success. And until all of them have a seat at the table of success, none of us are successful. So I thank you, Ken, for what you're doing for our young people. Uh, I thank you for what you're doing for your business association, the North 22nd Street Business Association. And thank you for coming on the show today just to give us a little bit of perspective uh, about how this type of looting impacts small businesses. We've just got to, we've got to help uh, these young men and women doing this, doing these, committing these crimes understand that, that they're hurting the people that they say they love. Uh, and it really, it, it really makes no sense. So, man, we wish you all the best. We continue to keep you in prayer. Uh, and if we can ever be of service to you here at Philly's Favorite 100.7 FM, don't hesitate to reach out. Yes, thanks, Reverend. Thanks for having me. All right. God bless you. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, Philly's favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office, and we want to certainly thank Ken Curry, the president of the North 22nd Street Business Corridor, uh, for being our guest in the first segment. But now we want to pivot. You know, we always like to 
share information about things going on in the city that you can participate in, and especially uh, activities that help other people. Isn't that right? We, we, we all should be striving to help one another uh, and make a difference in the lives of people, a positive difference uh, in the lives of people. So to that end, on Sunday, October the 15th, 2023, uh, the annual AIDS Walk will take place right here in Philadelphia. Uh, And what I want to do is bring into the pastor's office for the first time, Rob Reichert, the executive director of the AIDS Fund. Rob, come on into the pastor's office. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here today, Pastor. Absolutely. So now you serve as the executive director of the AIDS Fund. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the organization? What we do is provide emergency financial assistance for people living with HIV um, to keep a financial crisis from turning into a health crisis. So if they've fallen behind on their rent or utilities, um, you know, we can do a small grant to help them get caught up. Or if they're homeless and um, finally have found a place to move into, maybe got to the top of the subsidized housing list and found a place, but they don't have that big chunk of change they need to get moved in, that first and last month's rent and the security deposit. They'll be able to maintain themselves once they're there, but they need that big chunk of money up front, and sometimes they just don't have it. And uh, so we can step in and help in those circumstances. And then sometimes there's actually medical needs that aren't being met by all the other sources out there. Uh, For example, um, we had a a woman living with HIV who has asthma and needed a air purifier for her home um, to help alleviate the asthma, which was also, you know, all of these medical conditions just exasperate each other. So it's, uh, that's, our primary focus, but we also do education and raise awareness about the ongoing epidemic. So, 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 you know, talk to us about the epidemic. I, w- I want to deal with that real quick because, you know, AIDS is certainly not necessarily front page news anymore. Uh, when I was growing up, exactly. it absolutely was. It was in every headline in the late in the 80s and 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 the early 90s uh but i think because of all of the medical breakthroughs many people probably believe uh that aids is no longer a crisis uh give us some insight on that sure and and certainly we have come a long way in um our ability to treat people living with hiv and to, for them to live a long and healthy life if they have access to you know medical care and all of those um, things they need around them in order to support good health. Um, but, you know, it has become very much invisible, I think, in many ways, um, which is why we hold the AIDS Walk every year to kind of raise that visibility. And we appreciate you having us here today to talk about it. But we have here in Philadelphia about 18,000 people living with HIV. Uh, and another 10,000 in the surrounding suburbs of Philadelphia. And, you know, many of people are doing well, but we also see many people who have um, a lot of challenges in order to maintain their health. They may have mental health issues in addition to HIV or a history of substance um, abuse in their past or 
homelessness. And those things just compound and make it that much harder for us to um, help them to live a long and healthy life with HIV. Understood. So so talk to us about the upcoming AIDS Walk, uh, because I know this serves as uh, your largest fundraiser uh, of the year to be yes. able to provide that support uh, to those that are struggling and dealing with crisis. So give us some insight on the AIDS Walk. Sure. Um, the 37th annual AIDS Walk will be held on Sunday, October 15th. Um, we are at the Art Museum Right at the base of the steps of the art museum, we'll start everything at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, we have a display of 25 blocks of the AIDS Memorial quilt, which is, uh, if you haven't seen the quilt, it's a beautiful reminder and memorial to those lost to the epidemic. Each panel is made by friends or family members who've lost a loved one. So every panel is unique, just like every person we've lost to this epidemic is unique. Um, and then we also start our day with a reading of names of those we've lost. We always want to start our day remembering our friends, family, and neighbors who are no longer with us because of HIV. Then at 8 o'clock, we have our opening ceremonies. And at 8.30, we kick off our walk on Kelly Drive. Uh, it's a 5K walk going to be right, you know, right along the river. Um, and actually, we're excited there's going to be a regatta going on at the same time. So wow. um, you will get to see some of that happening while you're out on your walk. And then we have come back and we have music. We have some fun activities because, as you said, we have made tremendous strides um, in the treatment of HIV. And we want to celebrate that. Um, so we come back and we have a little bit of celebration. We have some fun, some dancing, the Dukes of Destiny, which is a fabulous uh, local band has been there every year. Uh, we'll be playing and we have some games for the kids and some th fun things happening um, to just kind of celebrate the strides we've made and the funds that were raised to support our friends, family and neighbors here in this region. So why don't you tell our listeners how they can get more information and participate and raise funds for this great fundraiser? Great. So everyone can go to our website, which is AIDSWalkPhilly.org. So it's AIDSWalkPhilly.org. You can register there to be a walker, a virtual walker, or a volunteer. Um, and if you're not able to join us for the walk as a, a participant or volunteer, you can also just make a donation right there to support our efforts, to support our friends, family, and neighbors living with HIV in the community. Let's give that let's give that website address one more time. It's AIDSWalkPhilly.org. So AIDSWalkPhilly.org. You can also call our office. Um, we do still answer phones here, um, and it's two one five seven three one WALK. Two one five seven three one. Walk. All right, Philly's favorite listeners, I need you to support the Philly AIDS Walk taking place on October the 15th. If you can't get out there and do the 5K, go on the website and make a donation so that we can be a blessing to somebody's life. Rob Reichert, Executive Director of the AIDS Fund, I want to thank you for joining us in the pastor's office this Sunday. Uh, and again, we wish you nothing but the best with the upcoming walk next weekend. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. Political spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah. Take a minute, turn the radio yeah. up. Take a seat in the 
Jonathan Mason.